We're always striving to go beyond the present moment, to move away from who you are and where you are right now to become something else. And that's where the struggle comes because what we're doing is rather than being present with who we are with great awareness and curiosity and going inward and learning and expanding and discovering and exploring what we already have in our completeness, we're constantly searching outside of us. Hey there, welcome to the Fearlessly Curious podcast. Your safe space to listen, lean in, and learn the diversity of human experiences through the lens of fearless curiosity. When we learn more about each other, we also learn more about ourselves. How? Because when we listen to each other's curiosities and experiences, we relate to that which is in common, and that which sets us apart gives us something to reflect on. We learn through and with each other. I am grateful to you, the global community, for your curious questions. The Fearlessly Curious podcast cannot exist without you. So welcome to another episode of the Fearlessly Curious podcast. And today I get to share with you one of my favorite life tools. And it's a system called human design. Human design was channeled, it was downloaded by a man known as Ra Uruhu in 1987. And it is a very, very complex system that defines, or rather it creates a blueprint of who you are, who you're born to be at your highest potential, giving you a strategy which you can employ to lead life that will ensure that you live in alignment, that you're making decisions that are aligned to you. And it indicates something that they call an authority, which is the place of power from which you make your decisions. So the human design system is known as the science of differentiation, and it is based upon several different philosophies combined, overlaid on top of each other. The Vedic astrology, which is the science of the stars, and how that's incorporated is that in order to get a human design chart, you need to be able to provide your time and date and location of birth, then calculates the planetary placements at that time date and location of birth, and creates the blueprint of the information that was embedded within your physical form known as your design during the time of your conception. Because the atmosphere, the galaxy, the universe has constantly has infinite amount of information that is coded within neutrinos. And we're being exposed to them right now. And the premise of human design is that a photograph, a blueprint of who you are, all the information that was coming through in that moment of conception is provided for you in a chart. So it overlays Vedic astrology and also the Chinese philosophy known as the I Ching, which is the law of probability, this or that. And when you come to know human design, you'll understand how this comes into play. It also takes in the Judaic philosophy of the tree of life, of the Kabbalah. And lastly, it borrows the map, the layout of the chakra system. And it uses that when it provides this blueprint of you because it breaks the body down into several centers. And the human body is made out of nine centers, the crown, the ajna, the throat, the heart, the G center, the sacral, the solar plexus, the spleen, and the root. I'm not going to go into immense detail in this session. It's more just to introduce you to the concept of it 
like I said, it's incredibly complex, but at a foundational level, it is already incredibly transformational. It's helped me tremendously on my journey of personal growth and self-discovery. And it is a touchstone and a foundation that I use for all the clients that I work with. In our journey of self-awareness and transformation, the human design chart of who you are uses a touchstone. It's something that we can come back to, compare to, relate to, be curious about, experiment and experience. So in this journey of fearless curiosity, when you have your human design chart and blueprint, you have a place to start being curious. So it'll suggest certain aspects and qualities about you, which I know when I do the initial summaries for my clients, for my friends, and for my family, so much already resonates with them. Now, Rauhuru was very clear when he brought human design through, when he started teaching it, he said, human design is not to be used as dogma, meaning it is not an absolute rule. It is simply to be used as a set of tools to help you live, to support you living as the truest version of who you are. Now, we live in a world and society that over generations has been building systems to homogenize us, to help us, to condition us, to abandon the most beautiful, unique qualities of who we are in order to fit in, to belong into these social groups. Our education system organizes our gifts and our talents and our skills and compartmentalizes us into different professions. So if you're good at maths, you're encouraged to become an accountant or maybe go into finance and banking or science. If you have a creative mind or you're musical, you're already sort of compartmentalized into being a more creative type. Those are just sort of basic examples. So instead of taking what your unique gifts and talents are and opening up the window of curiosity to see where that can go and expand further, we're minimized and we're pigeonholed. And so much of our individual talents and gifts are lost because we abandoned them, we shelf them. And so much of our suffering in life comes because we're doing what we think we should do rather than being who we already are. So I'm going to say that again. So much struggle of our life comes from doing what we think we should do from even being who we think we should be rather than just simply being who we already are, right? We're always striving to go beyond the present moment to move away from who you are and where you are right now to become something else. And that's where the struggle comes because what we're doing is rather than being present with who we are with great awareness and curiosity and going inward and learning and expanding and discovering and exploring what we already have in our completeness, we're constantly searching outside of us, externally, chasing, creating a mark, a goal outside of ourselves that we're trying to reach and that we require certain things to happen outside of ourselves in order to reach that. But really, ultimately, we're born already knowing who we are, and we already have everything that we already need, right? As a child, when we come into this world as a baby, okay, we need care, we need the basics, we need to be fed, and we need safety, and we need shelter. But beyond all that, our faculties are growing and developing, and we already have the resources within us to live in an already abundant world 
and not just live in it, but thrive in it. Because we live in a planet that provides for us. We have air, we have water, we have food, nourishment that grows from the earth. But it's through capitalistic human systems that we've created this way of living that requires us to work and to earn things in order to benefit from what the earth already provides. And in order for us to maximize our potential, we have to do things. We have to go to school. We have to get degrees, certifications. But that was all man-made. If we were to strip ourselves of all these labels, all these systems, and go back to basics, we would see a human being with all these senses, an inner sense, so an ability to tune in and feel into life, whether it's your intuition, whether it's your gut, whether it's your instinct, whether it's you processing out loud what you're seeing, we have the ability to live in abundance with the resources that we have within our bodies and the resources that the planet already provides us. So back to human design. In my discovery of who I am and in your discovery of who you are, you're going to learn who you're not because in life we are pretty much conditioned to abandon who we are to become who we're not. Okay? We're told how to behave, how to speak. We're told if you have this specific skill or talent, that means you're this type, right? We are labeled consistently. You're a woman, you're a daughter, you're a partner, you're of this race, you're of this culture, you come from this country. So these labels are given to us. You're quiet, you're an introvert, you're an extrovert, you are active, you're an athlete, you're a scientist, right? We are given all these labels that we then become identified with and we become attached to. And these labels without awareness, you hear me say this over and over again, become limits. So let's go back to the human design concept, all right? So imagine if you had a roadmap, you had a blueprint of who you are right in front of you that you could look at and study and explore. And so much of that roadmap already resonates with you. And that roadmap even tells you potentially the circumstances and situations in life where you would second guess yourself. You might doubt yourself. You might literally abandon yourself. Well, that's what human design can provide. So based on the information that you get from your time and date of birth, we come up with a design and a personality. So the design is the unconscious part of you. It's the information that was imprinted in you from your point of conception. And you never know when it's running but it's running and it's running powerfully because it's that part of you in the unconscious, in your body form, that is a part of life because we are all a part of life, just like nature. We are a part of nature. It is only our mind, which is the conscious side, which is the personality side that is telling us stories, running these narratives that separate us from the greater whole. It is the human mind that tells us that we are above all others, that we are better, that we are smarter, that we are more intelligent. But really, it's just separating us from the greater power of the universe and life itself. So in human design, with your chart, with your blueprint, it breaks you down into your design part, which is your unconscious part, which is the part of you that's already imprinted and that's constantly running, and your mind or your personality, which is your conscious part, because your mind is conscious, it's always thinking, it's always processing. But here's the thing. The design and the personality don't work together. The design part, and Uhuru used this beautiful analogy, the design part, the unconscious part of you is literally this vehicle. You are this vehicle. Your body is a vehicle that's literally taking you through life. 
And when I say body, I don't just mean the physical body that you see on the outside, but the functionings within you, your ability to sense when danger is approaching, your ability to tune into someone you've just met and maybe feel an instant connection to them, right? Your ability to just know something, have a deep knowing of something, even though it doesn't make any logical sense in your mind. The intangibles that live within your body, like faith, like love, we all know what love is, but we can't touch it but we know it. We know it. We can't really, really explain it. Science can't really explain it. It can explain love on a physical level, like how it makes us feel. It makes my heart beat fast. It makes me break into a cold sweat and get excited. But that real, true, deeper feeling, emotion of love, that intangible part of love, we can't prove in words. We can only express. So back to that design part, personality part. So the design part, Imagine that a conscious part of you is this vehicle and you are just moving through life with life. Now, when we do that, we respond, we integrate, we collaborate with life itself. So things happen and we move in a certain way. We act in a certain way. We say certain things that's beyond the mind. We're not thinking, we're being. So we're not even doing, we're just simply being a part of life. That is the design, that is the vehicle, that is our unconscious, and it's running us constantly. It's running our lives, right? The biggest struggle that comes in our lives is that our mind, which in the analogy of the design part being the vehicle, the mind is the passenger. And the passenger, which is our mind, constantly wants to get in the driver's seat and take control. So we have this vehicle, which is already has its path laid out. It already has its journey laid out and it's moving. And then you have the mind that wants to get in the driver's seat and steer it. So it thinks it knows better. It's like, okay, I have this plan. I want to do things this way because there's this outcome and I made the plan and this is the direction we need to go. So I'm going to turn the steering wheel. But when we turn the steering wheel and we hit like a road bump or like an obstacle, right? And we're like, no, 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 that must happen this way. Because the mind, the personality, the consciousness thinks that that is the right way to go. But life itself is pushing us back the other way, the way that the vehicle was always going to go. And so that's when we experience struggle in life, which is when the mind, the conscious part of us, thinks it knows better, takes us away from where we already are, takes us away from where we already are thinking that it knows better. The passenger, the personality part, is meant to be just that, the passenger. It's meant to sit in the passenger seat and enjoy the ride of life. That is the analogy of the design part, the unconscious part of you, the vehicle part of you, and the personality part of you, the conscious part of you, and the mind part of you in human design. When we get to learn our human design, we get to understand better why we self-sabotage, how we self-sabotage. We get to understand better all the conditioning that we have inherited along the way that is taking us away from who we are because it's trying to make us into who we're not. And you hear me say this a lot, right? We're told how to behave. Well, let's use the example of an introvert. I know as an introvert, that means that I need time to recharge. It also means that I can enjoy social events, but I don't always want to engage in those social events. I want to be passively present. But in order to have a sense of belonging, and as humans, we thrive on connection. We need connection, you know, for security. And as part of our evolutionary history, a sense of belonging and being part of community, 
helps us feel safe and allows us to survive for longer. But I want to be able to be in a social group often without having to actively engage as an introvert. I just want to be quiet, right? But if there is a belief within me, my mind tells me, well, the only way that I can belong is to be like everybody else, then I would need to abandon who I am. And who I am is choosing to be quiet, right? I need to abandon that in order to fit in to a social group. And that is going to create a dissonance, a discrepancy between who I am and who I think I need to be. And over the course of time, that compromise, that crack in who I am is going to cause a leak in my energy. It's going to start eating me up because I'm abandoning who I am to be someone I am not. Once I discover who I am, when I can own who I am, then I have a better ability. I'm more empowered to own who I am, to be in these situations, to be able to navigate from a place of empowerment, not give in, not minimize, not even cancel who I am in order to fit in, but to be in that space and own it. So if somebody says to me, oh, come and join us, or why are you so quiet? I could happily say, I'm not quiet. I'm actually enjoying being in this social group with you. I'm just choosing not to speak right now because I'm enjoying more than anything listening and being present with you. And when I'm ready to contribute, I will. So I can own my introvertness. I can own my space. I don't need to abandon who I am in order to fit in and belong. And that's because I have a touchstone within my blueprint of human design that somehow, and when, if you were ever to delve into this, there's infinite number of ways that the different human design centers and channels and gates can indicate to you different qualities about you. Once I have, in a way, something that validates a sense of who I am, then I feel empowered to continue to be that person or to return to be that person. So human design, in summary, is a set of tools that supports you in living your true self. The yang part, the doing part, the active mind part must surrender to what we know as the yin part, the receptive part, the vehicle part of you. When our mind runs our life, it pushes and it prods and it pulls our body to do things that it's not meant to do. But we don't know any better because the systems that we've been brought up in are telling us that's how we should be. And what we want to do is to be able to not drown out the noise, but really start listening to the internal voice, to start tuning in to that sacred internal intelligence and listen to that, be guided by that, be guided by our unique strategy in life. Your strategy may be to just live and respond to different things that are happening. Your strategy may be to continue being you, focus highly on doing what you love and only sharing what you do when you're invited to. Your strategy might be to simply have these incredible ideas and initiate them, not wait for someone to validate you, not build a team, but just go out and do it. Be the visionary, be the pioneer. And then once it's set up, only by doing it, people will see you. Three different strategies I've shared with you. Wait for the invitation, respond to life or just initiate. Another strategy might be just to make decisions based in a 30-day cycle. Follow the moon. Take your time. These are strategies that are offered to you in the human design system for you to experiment with. The human design system provides different authorities. This is what I call the place of power from which you would make decisions that are aligned for you. And I'm going to save that for the next episode about human design. There is so much information out there on human design. There are many human design analysts out there too. 
I recommend if you want to learn more about human design to take your time with it. It's a lot. And the premise of human design is to go beyond understanding it from your mind, because the biggest problem that we're facing and struggle that we face in life is that we're overthinking, is that we're living from the mind and we're no longer connected to our bodies and our body intelligence. So if you want to learn more about human design, I recommend you go to jovianarchive.com. There's a whole lot of free resources and I would take your time to consume it and let it integrate. Let it be an understanding that you feel in your heart and your gut and your body rather than trying to understand it in your mind because it is going to challenge potentially every belief, every conditioned belief that you have in your mind. So rather than exhaust yourself with the mental resistance of understanding it, just consume it, receive the information like a transmission and feel it in your body. Notice how different your body feels when you study it. Otherwise, I invite you also to come back to another episode of Fearlessly Curious Podcast. I'm going to be sharing more about human design and why I use it, why I celebrate it as an incredible tool and touchstone on our journey of being fearlessly curious about ourselves. Because you may already know that my biggest belief is our priority in life must be to know ourselves. The better we know ourselves, the better we can navigate the chaos of the world that is out there because the world is chaotic. And the one truth, the absolute truth that each of us has is the truth that lives within us. So if you can commit and pour love into yourself by getting to know who you are, then you can weather any storm out there in the world. And you'll also have the capacity to be more compassionate and empathetic with other people as they are too are discovering who they are. This is why I love human design. This is why I live by it. And as I'm making this podcast episode for you, I'm realizing I don't spend as much time as I could and would like studying my own design because I'm so committed to studying the design of my clients. So this is an accountability podcast episode to remind me to lean more into studying my own design too. It takes, with full commitment, about seven years to decondition all the conditioning that you've inherited in your life through the human design lens. My dream is to offer human design to as many people as possible so that you have a touchstone, you have an anchor from which to go and explore and be fearlessly curious about yourself and each other. That's it for today. Thank you for joining me. I welcome all your questions about human design. I am, in human design terms, a profile known as a generator. My strategy is to respond. So actually doing these solo podcast episodes is a little bit of a challenge for me because I've not got anything to respond to. The best way for me to move through life is to respond to life. So any questions you have about this episode, anything that you want to discuss, you want me to share my insights on, drop me a DM on Instagram or on LinkedIn drop me an email through the newsletter, drop me a message on the website. Anyway, there's a whole plethora of ways for you to get in touch with me. I'm here to respond to you. And that is how I thrive, where I thrive and how I can serve you best. So all your questions, any suggestions for future podcast episodes, lean into me. Don't be afraid to ask. That's what I'm here for. Thank you for being part of this community. And I look forward to seeing you in the next episode of the Fearlessly Curious podcast. Make sure to subscribe because there will be more episodes around human design. There's so much, it's so complex and yet simple, but because I don't want to overwhelm the mind, I'm only going to sort of provide it to you in, in little bite-sized episodes. So until next time, stay fearlessly curious. 
If you want more, make sure to subscribe so you never miss a new episode every Friday. And please leave a review if you enjoy this episode. Don't forget to send me your curious questions and experiences as inspiration for future episodes. Your anonymity will be respected if that's what you prefer. For more guidance and support, join my emotional healing, mindfulness and music community over at melissaindot.com. See you next week.